There is a bit of explicit content in the podcast you are about to hear. Hello, it's the Saturday show. Although if you're in Kiribati, it's the Sunday show. Sorry, I always uh, gloss over the fact that you are just not in my time zone in a very, very important way. So I'm going to play, as I always do on this show, a best of segment from the vaults and one from this week. The one from this week will be about the elections in West Virginia and Nebraska, not really about the elections, premised on the fact that there were primary elections in those states. And then after that, I am going to play a spiel that aired in 2018. And the inspiration for this spiel was Elon Musk, who tweeted, I guess he got a cup of coffee with a plastic nipple of sorts on top. And the man just said, quite understandably, can we just have plastic straws? So much of our obsession on not having plastic straws is so stupid. And in fact, it is. But I've been saying this for years and years and years, and no one gave me a Tesla or a $44 billion bid. But that's okay. When Musk is right, I'll say it. I would love, of course, for him to say that I'm right. Now, we will be playing this spiel from 2018. There are a couple things that have changed in the world. Since 2018, one, back then the nets were bad. Now they're good, but actually disappointing. Back then, inflation was something that had happened and maybe could happen, but wasn't happening. You'll hear a reference to inflation. Of course, now inflation very much is happening. And back then, I gave you a lot of percentages and ways to look at just how tiny the percentage of all the plastic was that were straws. It is 0.03%, meaning three ten thousandths. And so I've, uh, I've since been thinking more and more about this. And here's another way to think about the tiny, ever so tiny problem that is plastic straws. I, as a 212 pound man, six foot one, does some exercise, you know, go hard one or two days a week. Uh, I burn about 3000 calories a day. So if I wanted to lose weight and I said, I am going to address my weight, such as in the same percentage as people who want to remove plastic straws from our bevy of plastic choices. If I want to somehow replicate that amount of decrease, what would I do to cut down my 3,000 calorie habit a day? Are you ready? I would eliminate one half of one chocolate chip. That is the percent of calories that represents the percent of calories that straws represent of all the plastic in the ocean. All right, that's my 2018 spiel. It will come last, but first to West Virginia or Nebraska, but actually to the world of music. Oh, sweet music. This episode is brought to you by The Jordan Harbinger Show. You've heard me talk about The Jordan Harbinger Show because it's one of my favorites. He does in-depth interviews with some of the world's most fascinating minds. I can name a few. Barbara Boxer, Anderson Cooper, Michael McFall, the Ukraine or Russia ambassador talking about Ukraine. One I recently listened to was Stanley McChrystal, the general, the former general. And he told an interesting story about revering Robert E. Lee. But then, after having a portrait of him for 40 years, he's a 63-year-old man throwing it in the trash. 
because his wife says, you know, what that picture and that man means to you, it doesn't mean to other people, and you have to understand that. And then in the interview, they got around to the point where McChrystal talked about that interview in Rolling Stone magazine that pretty much ended his career, where I uh, got to the desk of Barack Obama, and it had McChrystal saying unflattering things about the war effort, and just how he talked to his wife and how they decided not to be bitter and not to wallow in. He could have taken some shots at the process, the reporter or the president at that point, but he didn't. It was just an overall good interview. It was facilitated by Jordan's excellent interview style. Whether Jordan is conducting an interview or giving advice to a listener, you will find something useful that can apply to your own life in every single episode of The Jordan Harbinger Show. That could mean learning how to ask for advice the right way or discovering a little mindset tweak that changes how you see the world. Search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R, like the first three letters in hard, B-I-N-G-E, as in how you'll want to catch up on all the episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We've got elections today in West Virginia and Nebraska, and usually right here in this space, I talk about the news like those elections, and then the spiel will be analysis. And today the spiel will be analysis, but now I'm going to do an analysis of analysis because I was thinking of West Virginia and Nebraska, and it struck me that those two states have the best and the worst state songs. To be fair, beautiful Nebraska, their song is tied for worst with about 35 other states. You could make the case that there are a few that are clearly underneath it, like uh, Maryland, My Maryland, because that song is advocating secession, calling Lincoln a tyrant, a despot, and a vandal. It includes the lyric, huzzah, she spurns the northern scum. And this is why after repeated attempts by the Maryland General Assembly to repeal the song, attempts in 1974, 1980, 1984, 2001, 9, 16, 18, and 19, they finally got it removed in 2021. And then you have Carry Me Back to Old Virginia, which is still recognized as the traditional song with lyrics like it's sung from a slave's perspective. So lyrics like this is where this old darkie's heart am longed to go. There's where I labored so hard for my old massa. Yeah, quite problematic. Most of the other state songs aren't offensive. They're so inoffensive as to be generic. I also don't think, contrary to the state anthems, hail Massachusetts, hail Minnesota, and hail South Dakota, that no one is going to be hailing your state from out of town, unless they're actually weather reports and I got it wrong. Think about missed opportunities, right? New York could have gone with Sinatra. New York, New York. Nope, Rochester would be offended. California, so many choices. They went with I Love You, California music by Abe Frankenstein. Then there's Nebraska's Blantham, plainer than the vast expanse from Lincoln to Lake McConaughey. Beautiful Nebraska, peaceful. I can't really help that that much. But if you think about it, the best state song in the land is Take Me Home Country Roads. Almost heaven, West Virginia, the Ridge Mountain. That, along with the other John Denver song, Rocky Mountain High, are perhaps the only two state songs you would sing if they weren't attached to states. People did sing them. Take Me Home Country Roads went to number two in 1971. It's so good. The chorus is so melodic 
Though when you think about it, listen to the chorus, you know it. Country roads take me home to the place I belong, West Virginia Mountain Mama. Take me home, country roads. Those lines don't even rhyme. And no one has complained or possibly even noticed. Country roads is so good. I believe I can take the lyrics to beautiful Nebraska, sing them in my voice, and improve them. Let's see. Let me pull up those lyrics now. Beautiful Nebraska. Peaceful prairie, laced with rivers and the hills of sand. Dark green valleys cradled in the earth. Where else would you find valleys? That's how cradles work. Head south to Kansas, hang a Louis through Missouri. Then through Kentucky, Route 60 becomes 64, and soon you'll find you are in West Virginia, so much better than Nebraska as a song. And now the spiel. I've talked about on this show the plastic straw menace, that it accounts for 0.03% of total plastic waste by mass in the oceans. 0.03%, that is 3 in 10,000. 3 in 10,000. So let's say this. Let's say you went and listened to two weeks worth of just episodes in a row. Two-thirds of a second is the equivalent of the percent of total plastic waste that straws make up in the ocean. Uh, To bring it even more into perspective, remember on last Tuesday, I was talking about the Ohio 12th special election. And at one point I said, oh, yeah, that, that was the percent of two weeks worth of shows that straws are in the actual and real and urgent problem of plastic in the ocean. Tiny, 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 tiny problem. There's almost no scholarship about any actual improvement a straw ban would have on the world. And I do think it would have costs. Costs like the fact that I enjoy straws. I very much enjoy my kids not spilling sodas on themselves during Nets games, which is a simple pleasure I will not be able to experience this upcoming season because the Barclays Center, where the Nets play, have banned straws. As any Nets fan can tell you, not spilling drinks on ourselves was the one thing we always had to look forward to during a season. Let's go Nets. Let's avoid dry cleaning bills. You know, the Nets, their offense wasn't fluid, but their fluids weren't offensive. And now they are. Okay. But what we are told is that the straw ban, though meaningless, though the people who invented it acknowledge that it's meaningless, it could mean to something meaningful. Here's a Vox article. Quote, on a macro scale, it's important to look at the plastic straw ban for what it really is, a first step toward drastically limiting plastic in the ocean. How realistic is that leap? Part of the answer to this question can be found in a little-known theory called spillover. The idea that engaging in a single behavior can psychologically motivate us to engage in either more or less similar behaviors. 
This idea goes back to an effort to pick on the straw, not because it actually affects the health of the ocean, but because it could be. And this is an actual phrase that was used in the Vox article and another article I'm about to quote, a gateway plastic. (laughs) Dune Ives, who is the executive director of the Lonely Whale Foundation, let us now go to those whales. The Lonely Whale Foundation, she designs and leads change-making ocean conservation initiatives to address key drivers of environmental degradation and species decline. She also has a PhD in psychology. Now, here is her original article on why a straw ban. She wrote, As our team explored the myriad options of plastic pollution to find the perfect entry point to incent behavior change, we found plastic water bottles too endemic. Plastic bags, already somewhat politicized, and no viable alternative to the plastic cup in all markets. So what they did is they looked at all the things that really did matter and could matter and contributed in a major way to the problem of plastic in the ocean, and they found them just a little too hard to tackle. So let's pick on the straws, because that'll have no real effect, but it might lead to some sort of plastic ban contagion, a frenzy of plastic rejection. Hey, let's not use something plastic. Everybody's doing it. Ives goes on to say about why they chose to pick on straws, quote, we simply posed a challenge that encouraged individuals to embrace their own agency and to say no to the single-use plastic straws they were offered every day. That's right. It's not about straws. It's about your power over straws. You don't need to enter a 12-sip program. Just reject a straw and embrace control in your own life. Well, as Dr. Dune predicted, I do love the name Dune Ives. She predicted these straws could become a gateway. And so they have become a gateway because today the AP reports... College football powerhouse Clemson University is ending its tradition of releasing 10,000 balloons into the air before games, a move that's part of sustainability efforts. In Virginia, a campaign that urges alternatives to balloon releases at weddings is expanding, and a town in Rhode Island outright banned the sale of all balloons earlier this year, citing harm to marine life. Balloons are in the crosshairs, and not just at a county fair with a Chinese finger prison as the prize. Balloons which actually account for less environmental impact than straws, are the new enemy. And whereas I oppose the straw ban as doing little, but if I had to be honest, it had a minor effect on my life. I could sip a drink without a straw. Yeah, straws do bring me a little bit of joy, but I do if I, again, have to admit, I use them more unthinkingly than intentionally. I'll grant you all that. Balloons are different. Balloons are expressions of pure happiness. They float above us. They delight children. They proclaim uplift and hope. Think of the movie Up. Think of the book and film The Red Balloon. Think of the joy contained in MC Hammer's pants when those particular garments ballooned out. The AP continues in its report. Already a few states restrict balloon releases to some extent, according to the Balloon Council, which represents the industry and advocates for the responsible handling of its products, quote, to uphold the integrity of the professional balloon community. (laughs) The Balloon Council. I can imagine a meeting of this council. Gentlemen, gentlemen, our fourth quarter costs are, I don't know how to say this, rising, plus the mortgage on headquarters does not fully amortize over the term of the note. I don't know what you would call this large final payment at the end, but I find it deflating. 
Ah, yes, the balloon industry. You know, my grandpappy was an old balloon man from way back. He used to always tell me about consumer purchasing power. He'd say, son, grandson, you there, future podcaster, he'd say, the balloon business is the one industry that worries that when inflation goes up, inflation will go down. Balloons are fun. They're joyous. They're afloat. And the environmental school marms of oceanic harm will not have it. I'm not anti-environmentalist. There should be a ban on chlorofluorocarbons and PCBs. And my God, we do have to regulate greenhouse gases. And the new LED light bulbs, they're better. But all those sacrifices that required us changing our behavior did have benefits. And the benefits outweighed the costs. Or turn it around. The costs of using those items on the environment outweighed the benefits to us as humans on the planet. The calculation with straws and definitely with balloons is quite the opposite. There's almost no demonstrable effect that a ban would have. And now there is a target on a couple of things I like or even love. I do not oppose a straw ban or a balloon ban because I'm against science. I oppose it because of science. There is no science talking about the real benefits of these bans and the justification that it could lead to a meaningful act down the road. It seems like magical thinking. It's just as likely that people will get burned out by a meaningless ban that had no effect on the world. I hope we rethink these bans. Of course, hope is a thing with feathers. If it were encased in plastic, it would be brought down to earth pretty quickly. And that's it for the best of. Thank you to Corey Wara and Joel Patterson for producing the show and Michelle for doing everything she does with Peachfish Productions. That's Michelle Pasca. See you on Monday.